Hello, welcome to Netflix Landfill. Oh, that's very loud. How did it get louder again? Let's try that again. Hello, welcome to Netflix Landfill, the official podcast of not letting lesbians to high school dances. My name is Benjamin Sutton. And I'm Rob Flood. How's it going, Robert Flood? Now back in Ireland. Now back in Ireland, temporarily. Uh, I'm trapped here for a few days longer than I was anticipating. Uh, due to the the filthy British virus invading our shores, uh, thankfully I didn't have it. Got tested, clean as a whistle, but uh, yeah, it means travel can't go back to my my precious Edinburgh. See you, my precious Ben. Uh, have to stay here because yeah, all travel's been to and from the UK has been blocked until the thirty first. Yeah. And uh, and by the British virus, you mean Brexit? Oh, oh yeah, satire. We got them. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> Boris. Take that. Yeah. We'll bring down the whole government with our biting. Because no one's criticised Brexit no, before. Take that, Farage. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're yeah the first the, the first uh, musical theatre podcast to criticise Brexit. Um, we probably are. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, just just looking forward to duty free. That is the one upside to. I think it's probably going to destroy the Irish economy as well, or like it it'll probably have a pretty ne- uh, not destroy have a pretty negative effect in the Irish economy, um, because we're beholden to our our British masters. But um, at least I'll get at least I'll get cheap whiskey flying back <laughs> flying back and forth. <laughs> that's about it. That, that's the that's the upshot. Yeah, I'm sure Ireland will be fine. Yeah, you've got, you've got, must be exporting something to France that will keep your economy afloat. A busher, a busher. Uh, they have, no, no, no. In France, they have their own busher. In the rest of Europe, we export busher, uh, and then also like pharmaceuticals and American multinational tech companies. But yeah, who knows. Who knows? But yeah, uh, did you have a nice Christmas? Uh, yeah, I mean, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't go absolutely mad. Couldn't do the traditional twelve pubs of Christmas. Uh, uh, the first year I haven't done that since turning eighteen. But uh, and being just an absolute, like, just an absolute menace to twelve different publicans in a night. Uh, just, just getting hideously drunk. And annoying, just everyone around us. Bush. Uh, other than that, other than that, it was actually kind of largely similar. I had instead of going to uh, f- like extended family and having Christmas dinner there, just a Christmas dinner dinner with my nuclear family, and uh, like met up outside to do Christmas ex- like present exchanges with other people. That was fine. It was fine. Maybe not magical. Uh, yeah, that fine. sounds really lame. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, I, I we broke some rules, and I, I went up to some people, and I drank outside like a like a sixteen year old kid. Um, Absolute legend. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I had four beers. I respect that. I respect that a lot. My volume keeps changing on the audacity. That's a fucking nightmare. I don't know why, and I don't know how. 
just it just keeps ticking up. It's just like I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna yeet myself upwards. I think it's like I see it ticking. Why is it doing this? Are I don't know. Holding a button down or something? I don't think so. This is some serious inside baseball stuff. It's just <laughs> gonna creep up. That's weird. So like, that that I, seems I, like just the like that why, just shouldn't why happen. Why are you doing that? <laughs> it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But it's just like it's on fifty now, and then it's just like nah, fuck it. I'm going up to sixty. So I might just have to watch it. I might just have to look at it, which means I can't see your face, Rob. That's fine. But it's fine. It's fine. Fucking hell. This is going to be so... We're gonna, I'm going to blow off some people's ears. It just jumped up again. <laughs> Why did it jump Why? up to? Uh, 58. 58. It's only going up in increments of five. I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is a problem. If it just ends up being like 100 by the end of the episode, this is a nightmare. You can, you it's can gone up e- again. You can EQ it afterwards. Oh, down. but that's a that's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> right, hopefully it'll just stay that. And oh man, we might just I might just end up having to split it. And it's gone up to seventy. That's too oh, loud. What are you doing, you <laughs> fucking stupid technology? Where are you even seeing this? I, I have my audacity open. Are you looking at the minutes or the seconds creep past? No, it's recording volume. And now it's gone down to 62. Is it like... Oh, it must be some fucking effect that's like trying to normalize it. And it's just a nightmare. Like just three, two, one, and apologize. Sorry about that. I, I will never apologize <laughs> for whatever the fuck audio shit was happening that I, def- I definitely need to edit out. And we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, but we're doing it live. That's the one thing we're doing it live. And now we've learned, and it's all fucked. Um fucking audacity fucking free technology yeah the open source scourge yeah it's communism on uh, your computer exactly exactly uh your christmas was lame no mine was fucking amazing i was alone and watched die hard you can't get better than that no one was saying oh we have to eat at this time you have to have this you have to eat sprouts didn't have any fucking sprouts i had, do you want i have for breakfast rob <laughs> a fucking advent calendar i don't know I had turkey unicorns. Turkey unicorns? Yeah, I wanted to get turkey dinosaurs. I was like, well, I'm going to have turkey in Christmas. So essentially my plan for breakfast was have like essentially a Christmas, a fucking stupid Christmas roast for breakfast. They'd run out of turkey dinosaurs. So I had to get turkey unicorns, which is just the same, but unicorn shaped. And you had them and for had, you had them for breakfast. I had them for <laughs> breakfast. And then I had curry for dinner. I had a curry for two for dinner. <laughs> honestly fucking amazing yeah it sounds like you had a good time uh i mean did, did have you spoken to your family <laughs> did you well, give I, them a I, phone I, call or... i did i did uh i did speak to, speak to my mom and dad and my sister uh, it's my sister's it was my sister's birthday christmas day as well oh. so she sometimes listens to these so happy happy birthday to bethan oh, happy uh, birthday bethan absolute scourge of the earth um <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm I haven't got anyone a present yet because no. uh, my my mum my mum and sister are in the midst of moving, which is kind of why I didn't go down. So uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy it for you after after Christmas once you've you've moved, and I still just haven't. That's just the anything. shittest excuse ever. Can't buy someone a present because they're moving. <laughs> well, because I didn't want it to go to the fucking old house, did I, Rob? And then they'd have to go back to the old house, and I'd be like, oh. Someone sent something here. 
<laughs> you can't do that in COVID times. Yeah. We're like, oh, no, fucking. But I'm also lazy. Yeah. Which is a good I, think that's, I think that might be the primary, yeah. Uh, the primary reason. Man, I had to do a secret Santa for work and it just took me so... I Somehow it got there on time, but I have no idea how because I was just so lazy with it. Yeah. Um... um so yeah, that's that's Christmas. But we're not doing a Christmas film, Rob. No, we're not. Despite this kind of probably maybe being the Christmas episode, or I don't know. No, we're too late. It, we're, too too reco- late we're recording after Christmas. This is this is probably if maybe if I edit tonight, it'll go out. But it's the fucking New is, Year's episode. Then. It's a New Year's episode. Um, is this New Year's f- themed? Almost certainly not. Not at all. So, so we watched the prom, the prom, and oh, it's—is it the first musical we've done? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It wasn't even, not even a fucking musical number in Hubie Halloween of all things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what what happened in the prom, Rob? Uh, the prom is a a musical uh, based on the true story, and it was originally a Broadway uh, play, but it's now a film, Netflix film. Um, about a a girl, Emma, who uh, is a lesbian, and her prom gets cancelled. She's in this small Alabama town. Her prom gets cancelled, and a bunch of washed-up uh, celebrities see this as a publicity opportunity and go over to help her and her cause. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. And she's yeah, she's gay. The girl's gay, and we're like, well, you can't have a, someone with their date going to prom, despite it being, you know, America is still reasonably liberal with these things. Or isn't it? It's set in, is it Ohio? Alab- no, no, Illinois. It's no, in Indiana. 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 It's, it's set in America. They're all the fucking it's same. Set, it is all the They're, fucking uh, same. D- yeah. But just like, yeah, every single parent is like, Fuck the gays. This is, yeah, and even the kids. The kids are like, fuck the fu- gays. Fuck, fuck the gays. Uh, not literally, of course, but um, yeah. Which I know. Uh, I think uh, I, I thought it was insane that this happened. I would have thought that, like, like especially kids, twenty ten. Like I suppose it was a decade ago. Pretty long. So that's you when. So that's in... when this originally happened. Yeah, so um, it's it's based on a true story of what happened in Mississippi. Oh, okay. I think, which is why, like, set it in set it in Mississippi. Then, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Maybe they had a reason for it. Uh, like, is Mississippi further from New York where they're traveling from, or something like that? I don't know. Um, maybe, but uh, yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's set it's set in twenty twenty, and I think that that's that's one thing that felt a bit odd about it was. Uh, like the kids in particular being like uh virulently like homophobic and like not giving a fuck and just being like, Oh, I don't care on my prom, I don't care about your you know, bullying the gay kid for being gay. I don't think uh would that happen in twenty twenty, even in Indiana? D- kids kids would bully, but like they'd say things but not really mean it i think mm. and i mean maybe it's american but like 
I suppose, but it wouldn't be this homogenous thing. It would definitely be like a lot of kids would be like, yes. this is fine. Yeah. There would be some who would be like, I don't fucking want gays coming. But the same with like the parents as well. Like, it's just this, they're, they're all like, think, how dare yeah. a gay person bring a date to our prom? So we're going to, like, the, the parents wouldn't do that yeah. either. And it just feels so like, out of reality and completely out of touch yeah that it doesn't say anything it's like it, it's this weird like i i fucking hated this <laughs> really fucking hated it i i but, don't know what to think about it there was part I've, i'm of like i don't know you could probably convince me to hate it i'll put it that way i thought it was yeah. fine at best and you could probably convince me to hate it no i really i really fucking hate it i think one of the reasons it is it's like trying to to be like progressive but it might have been it might have said something interesting in like 1980 if this film had come out then which is four years ago and it now just feels like what you like like we're saying it feels like so out of touch but but like like middle america is yeah it doesn't say anything progressive but at the same time this did like it is based on a true story and it's like the story is that they set up this uh, spoiler alert they set up a a fake prom for emma to go to whilst all of the other students go to the real prom uh that happened like that's part of the original story and so like uh i don't know you can i i do think like there's definitely more nuance to it and especially setting in 2020 as opposed to 2010 was probably a, a mistake, but she was probably pretty on point for what happened in 2010. Like it seems Maybe. like it, like if there was more, if it was more of a mixed sort of, uh, if people were more like pro or against it or whatever, um, then like yeah, I I don't think that sort of second prom thing would have happened in 2010 if if people in reality were sort of bickering and back and forth and there was sort of people on both sides. Um, but I I do think that and also like it is important to remember that especially in America when was gay marriage legalized? It was under Obama. Uh, Yeah, under Obama. And once maybe twenty twelve. Yeah, once maybe once that happened, once it like stopped being like gay marriage being this like sort of um big big sort of uh, centerpiece of like the culture wars or whatever the fuck you want to call them. People did just kind of stop giving a fuck. Like, there was probably, as soon as gay marriage sort of, uh, like, was legalized, like, the opinion polls probably reversed pretty fucking quickly of people just being like, yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore. Uh, sure. We like, get to keep it, our guns now. We get to keep our guns. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I think, for me, the re- like the whole, like, realism part of it, like, yeah, the whole 2020 thing and not being but that wasn't the biggest deal for me it's the fact that like um i just didn't think the songs were very good no they're just they're they're like i can't i i genuinely can't like remember no any of the songs, the songs... Like, normally even if i fucking like hate the songs or something there's usually one will get like stuck in your head but just like i watched the film I'm like i can't remember a single song yeah and I just kept thinking back to uh, the IT crowd, the episode where they go watch Gay, the gay musical. <laughs> and like, I could, 
you know, I can still songs that are only on like the screen for like three seconds. I can still sing Willies, Willies, Alive, Willies, 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 Alive, Willies, or like I'm a friend of Dorothy. I'm a friend of Dorothy. She is my friend. Like that, yes. that sticks in your head, and like nothing. It just, no. it's just like. Disney musical it's like um, it's, someone feel like if you if you heard it, you'd just be like that's a song from a musical yes it's very show tuny music yeah and it's just um, fucking bland and shit yeah it's uh yeah it, it's the, I think the music is, and there's a lot of it like compared to something like I don't know uh, I don't I'm not a musical guy to be honest uh although other than uh South Park musical, of course, greatest musical of all time. Yeah, what? But um, comparing, like, I've seen Mamma Mia, and uh, there's it's it felt like a lot more time in this it was dedicated to song. Like, there's a lot more songs, and they take up a lot more of the running time. Uh, so when they're like kind of bland and mushy, and they just sort of like yeah mush together, um, you know, it's like. If it was just a couple of songs and there was, you know, oh, but the, the exposition in between was very good and very interesting, that's one thing. But if the songs make up, like, a good, like, probably 50% of the runtime and they're just kind of boring and uninteresting, that uh, that's, like, a real mark against the film, in my opinion. But music's yeah, objective. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. there's, maybe there's some, like, theatre kids who are like, this is just the, the ultimate in uh, musical theatre. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but I felt like the song they they, they were just like songs for song's sake as well, yeah. rather than like because someone like one of my favorite films is Scott Pilgrim vs the World, mm-hmm. and someone described that as like a musical, but the songs are replaced with fights, where the fights are that they like tell us more about like the characters and stuff as well as being this like set piece. And, like, it feels like nothing in this is like that. Apart from, like, there's one song that he sings to, like, one of the the guys, the waiter at the start of the film, sings a song to, like, kids. Yes. Being like, hey, don't hate the gays. Yeah. Uh, and then they're all like, actually, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, we that... don't hate the gays now. And it's suddenly, for the power of song, and it's, yeah. yeah that, that, it... that one song also felt a bit, yeah. That that song felt extremely dated. Just that whole idea of like, like ooh, owning Christians with uh, by yeah, reading the that's Bible. What it was about, and wasn't it? it? It was like some like Reddit R atheism shit from like 2010. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it, have you ever it's... seen the the Reddit? Uh, the, they did something called like this is years old now, and oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like Faces of Atheism, where they had like a campaign to sort of show, talk about like how oppressed atheists are, <laughs> and it was a bunch of people like posting their faces with these quotes. It was the most cringeworthy thing ever. Just no, these people. Yeah, that... uh... yeah just like, because I was probably like that. Like yeah, I think, yeah, I think everyone had like a... a something of an, an athe- edgy atheist period but just uh yeah. but when you're like you know as it's stuff like my my mom used to try and take me to church and i sort of went to like a, a c of e primary school and stuff and but you're gonna be you know i had to go to sunday school sometimes and i like didn't believe in it 
and, and stuff. So you're going to get a bit of an edgy atheist now. But like since probably like 15, 16, I just don't... You, like Christianity is such a non-factor in like everyday life that it's hard to be... And like also these kids, if they were like hardcore Christian, there's no way that, especially someone at that school where like it's so easy to think that oh america just full of bigots but it's not it yeah. is like a wide range of of different opinions yeah. and stuff there'd definitely been an edgy atheist at the school being like but what about this in the bible yes and, and like they would have heard all these arguments before yeah and like these are arguments that whether rightly or wrongly they'll have like some deflection mechanism for it it's not like maybe it will like someone would and it's not like this instant thing you know questioning your faith and questioning like yes that's a big deal and then suddenly it's just like we sang a song and now they're not bigots yeah i mean there has to be that sort of transition point but yeah i think it was pretty poorly done just in the song but here i'm sorry i want to read some of these quotes from this uh faces of atheism thing because i really want to oh, i really it, want to stress so uh so it's yeah they post a picture and a bunch of text over it and they were all trying to like be epic and quotable so uh, only a world free of religious oppression can ascend to the next level only superior beings such as i should be permitted to exist and expand the human genetic pool enjoy living a lie why i will f- why i will form the new world what a fucking prick which is pretty uh pretty cool pretty epic uh yeah it's uh it was, uh, it, and it was just, it was just a bunch of people from Reddit just fucking doing that shish, and yeah, and so that, that like, that struck me as extremely, like, I don't know, it just struck me as that sort of like, ah, but in the Bible it says you can't wear two different fabrics at the same time, owned. I was like, yeah, I don't care, yeah, like, you know, yeah, because you can, you, you know, the Bible's not this like. You know, there's so many different takes on it. It's not this, like, rigid thing. It's so easy to pick up, like, hypocritical parts of the Bible. And it's like, yeah, these are, like, strong arguments when talking to someone, like, rational in debate. But, like, these people know these arguments and they have rationalized them in their own way to dispute them. And I I don't know. I, I just... The whole... I know this is like, yeah, vaguely based on a true story, but I just, I presumably, I don't think like Hollywood or Broadway celebrities turned up. No, I don't. At, I don't think that happened. That. No, and but it's just this whole, whole like, yeah, like Hollywood's superiority thing of being like, we we accept the gays. Why don't the rest of you? And I, I just. I don't know. I, I, it coming from like where, like, you know, in Broadway and Hollywood, where obviously homosexuality is accepted, and that's that's a good thing. It just felt like me to such a like a non-message to be like, "Hey, homosexuality is fine now." And I get there is still like homophobia, but it wasn't like one of these stories. If it had just been, if it had been set in Mississippi. And it had been this like really heartbreaking tale of how a girl couldn't go to prom and things like that. But it just, this felt just so alien and like everything was caricatured. It just like in, in a year where you've had like obviously the Black Lives Matter things and so much going on that this just felt 
40 years too late to say any kind of like progressive message yeah and i think the whole like translating it translating it to film and all the sort of themes of it like the 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 themes of the the overarching themes are like obviously like it's okay to be gay cool but then there's the ideas of um like it does sort of try to poke fun at the sort of uh you know the coastal elite liberal uh yeah like definitely like the the um the celebrities are presented as like just in it for publicity at first uh they sort of um they mock the the uh like town as being backwards in one song but like the joke is clearly on like the uh the celebrities that like oh look how like terrible and like smug they're being um all this stuff like how celebrities shouldn't be political or like how it comes across as cringeworthy a lot when they try and you know champion political causes bush in broadway i think that kind of makes sense because the stars in it probably aren't really that famous like they aren't they're you know like i'm sure like there's a certain level of success that comes with broadway fame but um like they aren't incredibly famous and so uh it comes across as like less hypocritical than someone like james corden who you know um i can't think of an example off the top of my head but he has definitely mocked small town america as like a uh uh late night host and then to be in a song kind of smugly saying oh we shouldn't make fun of some like like ironically making fun of that idea uh it kind of weakens the message and then also uh uh what's his face uh uh keegan mike and peel keys character uh like his entire arc is like Uh, how much he loves Broadway and how important actors are and how actually actors can change people's lives and how it is important. And uh, again, like, if you're sitting in a Broadway... Like, if you're sitting in a Broadway theatre and you're watching this show, it's like, maybe it comes across a bit different. But in the film, like, saying to Meryl Streep's face, like, how fucking important she is, uh, all, all that sort of... All those sort of themes, I think, didn't work as well does that make sense sir yeah because there's definitely a it it tries to criticize actors just searching for attention Mm -hmm. and doing this to like piggyback onto a good cause not to help the good cause but to yeah essentially self-congratulate themselves and and you know get some positive publicity from it but it just it, yeah when you have scenes like that when it's like um saying oh actors can change the world and stuff like this and also so much more like screen time going onto the four actors rather than yes like um the the girl what's even the fucking girl's emily. name emily like oh no sorry Emma's... emma apologies emma yeah so she's just like so she's just got this like one character trait and motivation and it's like she's she's a plot device rather than um like her own kind of like character she's like the thing driving she's almost like a macguffin mm. 
rather than like so it should have but i think that's the yeah. thing it's like my main thing is like she should have been the focus but instead we get this message of like it's it's trying to be critical of like yeah coastal elites especially in like liberal media and yet then it just kind of still is really self-congratulatory yeah and like still with like james corden being there who like everyone says is a massive piece of shit (laughs) yeah kind of thing it kind of like it just i don't know i I just found that like you've completely not under or you just haven't managed to execute this message at all so it just comes off as this tonal mess yeah uh yeah I, i think that definitely spending more time with um emma and Alyssa, her girlfriend uh makes sense because you don't you know you it's all done through song uh you know like how much how much they love each other um but yeah like you don't really see that relationship uh they break up at one point and it's kind of like i don't care who are these people like these people aren't the focal point of the film uh yeah we have no idea why they even love each other other than the fact they're both lesbians yeah in a small town which i mean uh yeah and like the reason they break up as well which i found like a bit weird was essentially like um so Alyssa's mum is like the head of the pta who's like fuck the gays mm-hmm. kind of thing um so she doesn't want to come out despite the fact emma has come out and like didn't her it's like a plot point that her parents kicked her out mm-hmm. and stuff as well so Alyssa doesn't doesn't want to come out um and like what I found really strange is like Emma keeps like putting pressure on her, like no, you have to come out, and just like doesn't understand that despite the fact she got kicked out by her parents and her mum is clearly a massive homophobe bigot who she still has like a strong although obviously complex relationship with. It it's like really hard to come out, and then Emma's like, well, fuck you then for not wanting to do this obviously massive thing. Yeah, and I I just found that like really like and it came across as though it was like the film was trying to paint Alyssa for being the arsehole for obviously not wanting to come out in really difficult circumstances and just simplified it being like why can't you just come out man and just for so we can do a kiss at prom and stick it to the man yeah I do, I do think uh like that is I I don't know I've you know I've spoken to I have gay friends not gay myself but um I've spoken to people who, and, you know, um, conversations I've had, um, one person being out and the other person kind of refusing to come out would definitely cause tension in a relationship. Yeah, I can imagine it. Like, you know, it would be something that people would break up over. But yeah, I think you're right, where, especially in this sort of circumstance, where you're like maybe a few months away from being able to leave home and sort of go to a more, go to New York, go to uh, San, you know, LA, go to somewhere where people are more accepting than this small town in this film. Um, then yeah, like maybe, yeah, then like maybe I get what you're saying, like holding off would make sense or I could understand the decision to hold yeah. off coming out. Um and especially when um, 
I don't know because because it's a TV show, so it might be a bit difficult to the podcast. But how much like Big Mouth have you not watched? Absolutely like, it's, not. It's, it's very good, um, and people hate it in the same way they hate cuties. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's really funny. Fun. I, 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 no, I, just, I find that hatred funny. Yeah, <laughs> just that I like understanding it. Um, but like, it's got uh, spoilers for Big Mouth, although kind of mildest spoilers. There's a character you know he's gay, but obviously in season four, and it's which I didn't love, but I think this is one of the strongest parts of season four. Is like he comes out. To, well, his mum finds out he's gay and she's like very religious and she's like you absolutely 100% can't tell your dad because he'll just get and she's like I, I, I just you, I can't and like that's that feels real despite it obviously being a fucking cartoon it's like this doesn't feel real and then it's like one of I, I, I think it's a completely lost moment in the show but I found it like great was um how uh he the the son who's gay his dad's like a sort of an army officer and like really struggles and he's just like dad's i'm gay and he's like and like there's you know a whole massive deal and his dad's just like yeah i know son this is fine your mum will eventually adjust and she'll get it and then changes the topic of the conversation um which just feels like such a of like brilliant how a dad would react because yeah. <laughs> like I genuinely have a, a friend who um, like someone who didn't didn't know he was he he thought he was straight and then ended up in a a gay couple um, and then told his uh, his parents about it while stuck in a traffic jam yeah. <laughs> and apparently he was just like mum dad I've got a boyfriend. And uh, there was just a moment of silence and uh, his dad was like, oh, fucking hell, there's traffic on the M6 goes back for miles. <laughs> and it just felt like that's such a real nice moment of how it actually could do it. And, and like, despite the fact that that's a cartoon, this film is the one that feels like super cartoony. I mean, mm-hmm. TV shows have time to establish characters more and yes, relationships more and stuff. But I don't know. I, ju- I, I just felt this, you know, as two people who, as far as we know, aren't gay ourselves. But maybe when we're back at Edinburgh together, Rob, maybe. things who will knows? happen. Um, it, it just felt like such a reductive... Just every everything is so, um, like, cartoonized yeah. and caricatured that it just loses any impact yeah well what what did you think of um james corden's story in this who james corden playing a gay man who was um abandoned by his mother and father at a young age uh and has now grown up you know sort of resilient um and again spoilers he uh manages to make up with the mother and presumably the father as well it sort of hints towards that uh by the end of but the film. But she just she just turns up and helps. And there's no there's no reason for it. She's just like, Oh, I found someone. It's your mum. And her mum's like, I'm sorry. And it's like okay. It's because um, uh she's Meryl Streep went it's it's explained in Meryl Streep goes through James Corden's phone and sees James Corden tried to call his mum but then hung up. And she goes, You were calling your mum recently, so I invited her over here. Yeah, but it's just, it's like, okay, cool, your mum's forgiving. And, like, I guess that's the 
the crux of like the whole film. Unlike that story in Mississippi, which is obviously horrible and like has this whole awful thing about it. It just at the end they sing a song where Alyssa and Emma kiss and are together and suddenly the mum forgives them and everyone's like hey we find out and it's all this happy ending and everyone lives in harmony and it just yeah i could definitely i I think the the james gordon reuniting with the mother i think that's fine because like it's i don't know how old is james gordon is supposed to be in this but presumably they haven't seen each other for like 25 years i can understand that like i thought i thought that was done fine but yeah i do think um Kerry Washington's character, who is, yeah, like, virulently homophobic. And then as soon as her daughter is gay, within, like, five minutes, she's like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, because it's the power of song and yeah. what Broadway... Um, Broadway just turns everyone into progressive. I don't know. I I really fucking hated this. Yeah. Well, well I mean, th- this film did attract... It attracted a little bit of controversy with... Uh, James Corden playing a gay character, so a lot of oh, so yeah. a lot of the negative reviews sort of reference that. What's your opinion? Yeah, I heard about gay face. You know what? Like James Corden gets a lot of hate, I... and he he probably is an arsehole, but like he's not a bad actor, mm-hmm. like, and he's probably not a bad writer either. Like he's not devoid of talent. Like it, it's now just this easy thing to say. James Corden fucking sucks. We hate him. We've always hated him. But Gavin Stacey is like, you know, it's it's not the greatest show ever made, but it's legitimately good and like well loved. And like, um, he wrote the Wrong Man's as well with one of the guys from Horrible Histories of all things. Um, and that's that's a really good show as well. Yeah, um, I. And he's a good actor, and I think he does fine in this. Yeah, so I I hated, I fully went into this, I dislike James Corden, but that's mostly because of his um, talk show. I'm not really familiar with his, like, British work, but when he went over to America and... Um, yeah, his talk show seems like garbage. Yeah, I, I, I think it's trash. I think it's, like, really, really bad, and then it replaced Craig Ferguson, who, I was a big fan of Craig Ferguson, and actually, uh, Craig Ferguson has went back, gone back into stand-up, and it's released like three specials or something. Haven't watched a single one. <laughs> if we weren't actually <laughs> seeing, like, I don't know if he's even good at stand up, but he's uh, uh, be worth checking it, those out. That's a that's a weird fact about him. Was he was in a a band with Peter Capaldi? Yeah, like twenty. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is mental. Exactly, and then his life went off the fucking rails. Just an alco, <laughs> like just yeah. a hard, hard alco. Uh, he has he tells tells a fucking story of where he wakes up on Christmas Day in a bar, and just how like fucking pathetic you have to be to be like like waking up on Christmas Day in a bar and like not with your family and shit. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I went into this like expecting to hate James Gordon, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Like, um, you know, there's this whole idea of, like, oh, should, like, should straight people play gay characters? But, and I think maybe there's some, like, discussion to be had there. But, like, I think fundamentally, this is, it's not exactly high art, but still technically art. And it's, be- it's being directed by a gay man. And that man 
should be entitled to make artistic decisions about who appears in his piece of work sort of devoid like and this this outside moralizing i don't think should influence it i think like that's an important idea this like freedom of expression for the director to be able to say like no fuck it i think james gordon is the best for this role so i'm going to cast him uh and then like obviously he's going to be directing james gordon how james gordon should act and i think james gordon he plays a gay man like it's obviously leans on certain uh like he's the character is very clearly gay but i don't think it's offensively played like at all uh you know yeah, i saw it... i saw people saying like oh uh like when a gay actor plays uh you know a, a character a gay character like people laugh along you know because oh he's gay and duh, you laugh with him but when a straight person does it do you laugh at him i'm like no that's not how it fucking works like no one would be laughing at i laughed at the jokes that james corden tells in this like one or two of them but my brain doesn't go oh he's he's a straight character pretending to be gay haha ha, this is funny like that just doesn't happen that's not how I think that's a. It, I think it's a really reductive way to think about things, and also I, I don't give a. I don't think. That, sorry, but I don't think there's a massive problem with uh, the representation of gay men in musical theatre. Like I don't think that's. Like I don't have the numbers on me, but I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think they're clamouring for representation. Trying to use an argument without statistics. Shameful. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, like I. I don't give a shit. I don't think Key is. Uh, high school principal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> we're laughing. If he was a high school principal, we'd be laughing with exactly. him. Exactly. Because he's not, we're laughing at well, him. Well, it's funny how we're laughing. Keegan-Michael Key got his start as a like as a guy on uh, Mad TV. And uh, so many of those sketches are just like, what if X was gay? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I, I was actually Googled it earlier. So, yeah, there's a... Uh, uh, just mad TV gay into YouTube. There's a uh, gay roommates, uh, straight guys go gay, gay mob boss, gay yes. gangster fight, and that's different to gay mob boss, gay plumber, gay Hulk. He got gay. Stevie comes out, gay rapper. Just one called just called gay sex, and that those were that was like his start. Was just uh, like he, you know, like. Uh, he's in gay gangster fight himself and uh jordan peele and the joke is just it's two gay gangsters fighting <laughs> and now he's in this <laughs> it's like i know yeah uh, uh it's, yeah it's i i don't know it just it it feels like such a one of these things of like such a non-issue and obviously like something like scarlett johansson getting for like ghost in the shell yeah with at uh, uh, when like literally no one in Japan gave a shit uh, yeah and then for like a a like her playing a, a trans woman as well or trans I can't remember but everyone just went you shouldn't be doing this mm. so she pulled out and now that film will never be made yeah it does strike me it, it it's it reminds me I know like these sort of arguments are generally coming from the left but it strikes me as like like a deeply conservative argument like it reminds me so much of like think of the children like you can't make this because xyz and like oh what will people watching this think and like does this support good 
like you know criticizing films on like a moral basis like oh this film is too violent and like what will people think and if you see this won't this influence people and again like that yeah that strikes me as just a very conservative way of thinking about it and that like kind of the way i would think about it is that like i don't know maybe this sounds kind of hokey but that like art is kind of important and that people should be allowed to make things that they want to and if they make a decision a casting decision or whatever that decision should largely be respected and as long as it's not you know as long as it's not like oh what if we do like the color purple but entirely in blackface like that i could understand people being like okay let's reel that in a little but yeah you're listening to the joe rogan experience (laughs) the joe no i i i agree and it seems like um to yeah this is going into a kind of like socio-political rabbit hole i didn't expect to but i was sort of thinking about this recently of like how it's kind of switched where it did seem like those conservative values were like you know the you know there was a, a comedy sketch group called the merry white house experience because like i learned about this in school i did stuff in the 60s about how like merry white house was saying think of the children trying to get stuff taken off tv but it was like the what was like the progressive left was the ones like pushing boundaries and like trying to make weird stuff that some members of society didn't like and for some reason it feels like in the last 10 15 years or so maybe not even like that it's like maybe since the rise of like twitter and social media that's kind of switched and suddenly it's like those that consider themselves anti-conservative have adopted that like regressive conservative view of not wanting like trying to strip away art rather than like pushing things forward yeah. I, I and it seems to have become it, it's a weird phenomenon yeah I, I don't think for a second that conservatives like have stopped thinking like that like especially no, I, especially I conservative people in ireland like catholics you still have a few of them uh, hanging on like, I don't think for a fucking second they've stopped that sort of censorous uh, uh, well, attitude. At, but it's just that sort of culture. Exactly. But it's just that culture more generally has, like, has become just broadly more sort of, um, uh, like, left-wing, I suppose. Just that, uh, like, even even though, like, politically, like, fucking Boris is in charge, Trump's in charge, uh you know, politically, the right wing is, you know, doing well, but just sort of culturally, like, the idea of making a comedy sketch show directed at sort of kind of right-wing people is still seen as, like, a verboten idea. Like, oh, this is outside the pale. But how many fucking sketch shows are made with vaguely liberal or left-wing sensibilities? Fucking hundreds. Uh, So, yeah. I I don't think this is very funny. But yeah, and I didn't intend like hey. talking about James Corden to go down like this rabbit hole. But yeah, it's uh, we can do, we can do what the fuck we want. Yeah, man, no we're fucking ro- this, we're fucking hardcore. We're rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, and like I think we're both people that are like, yeah, fuck it, do what you want, kind of thing. Which is why, I like, when it, it's always stuff like, um, yeah, people always been like fucking snowflakes but then the right get angry about it being like see you're a snowflake and i'm looking at both these arguments and thinking they're both people are 
both got annoyed by something they shouldn't vote and one side was the left and one side was the right and it's like you can't people are like oh if you got annoyed by this uh, uh, yeah, yeah. J- there's just this like fucking people i don't know yeah. hypocritical double think cognitive dissonance the, i don't know yeah the whole idea of just, like i remember being a kid hearing like the phrase like horseshoe like a kid like a teenager hearing like horseshoe theory a lot where it's like people like on the left and the right like they're basically exactly the same like look at like super hardcore feminists thinking again like 10 years ago they all want to ban porn and like super right-wing people also want to ban porn and like people correctly point out that this sort of like this idea of the horseshoe like it is fucking dumb like they're you know like people and people parody it you know you hear fucking like oh you know one side wants to give people to have health care and the other side doesn't want anyone to have health care. These are, you know, horseshoe, like what, making fun of that shit like that. Even that but <laughs> they're not like far left, exactly. far right. Exactly. But uh, I think the internet has fucking melted so many people's brains to do with politics that you can point to the left and the right and say, okay, their political opinions like, their political policy differ, and, like, applying horseshoe theory to that is dumb. But just in the way that they act, just in the sort of... The way these pe- people argue, the way they talk, the sort of, like, this this very clicky nature of online politics that uh, seems more and more just prevalent and dominant every day, uh, you can point to people and go, like, yeah, you're, like, acting the same way. Yeah, and just like Twitter completely changes things, and like the things that spread on Twitter are like anger. It's no like nuance just doesn't go through Twitter, but now it's like the main like news sources are like Twitter and and Reddit and mm-hmm. things, and the things that will are like we'll see are like the things that cause anger mm-hmm. and outrage, whether that be from whatever side of the political spectrum. So they're the stuff that's just getting jammed in your ears. But when a lot of it's just fucking point, like there's a whole thing at the moment. I don't, I don't fully know where I stand on it, but like, um, the uh, football match yesterday, uh, a female pundit, uh, Karen Carney, who's like, she's got a hundred cats for England. She was like a very good football player. But she said, oh, Leeds probably only got promoted because of COVID. Otherwise, they might not have done because they would have run out of gas. And like the the official Leeds Twitter account went, this is fucking... D-. Not in those words, but I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, what a fucking idiot. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's a- essentially a bit like that. And everyone... And obviously, like, there's a thing of, like, where it causes Leeds fans on Twitter to pile up on this mm-hmm. woman. And then, like other people saying they shouldn't have done that because she's a woman and it was obviously going to cause sexist abuse. But then that leads me like, well, the fact that she is a woman doesn't necessarily stop her from criticism for an opinion that a lot of people view as incorrect. Yeah. And like the Leeds chairman even came out and went, I found these comments from her disrespectful saying we only got promoted because of COVID when like the players and the coaches and everyone on the team did loads of hard work. And it's just, it's just like such a fucking nonsense argument. There doesn't need to, everyone just involved seems like a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, apart from Karen Carter, she's just like, maybe she should do her job better, which is a valid criticism. But 
she's probably not a bad yeah. human being, Pe- but everyone else, yeah. people's piece of shit. People's brains aren't built to understand like the concept of putting a public statement out that the entire fucking world can see. People don't realize like the implications of that, and like, uh, yeah, like, like it's it's absolutely fucking it's absolutely crazy that I can go and like if I wanted to I could harass James Corden right now, <laughs> yeah. like it would be trivial for me, zero risk being caught. Fucking send him whatever the fuck I want, um, and just that idea or or the idea that overnight anyone be- can become a political figure. Or not a political figure, a public figure. And just, like, people, like, um, uh, I don't know if you saw this thing recently. Uh, the New York Post um, made an article about this woman who, she was a nurse, an ICU nurse, but she set up an OnlyFans account. And that is... Um, nice. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> struggling <laughs> nurses, and yeah, nice. definitely, definitely the, the, the most erotic pornographic video um bush yeah and and the idea that but like regard like it is against the nurse you sign some agreement to be a nurse and one of them is that you have to be the hippocratic oath clearly says do not post your tits on the basically internet. basically <laughs> in a i don't think it used legal ease it's probably said the word breasts uh bush yeah, and, and but the idea, Harry but the Ola. idea is like, regardless, I don't give a fuck about like the sort of just the idea that a nurse just basically now had an article written about her in a newspaper as now a public figure, like basically overnight, and that it's become this centerpiece of conversation, and like thousands upon thousands of people giving their opinions about like, oh well, she signed a thing, but oh, but you have to support and but shouldn't people be paying them more that they don't have to do this and all this shish, and um, just the idea that yeah, that if you post something to literally the entire world, it can just blow up in just this exponential way. Kind of like COVID. Uh, I don't know. Um, just as no, toxic. Not your best work. <laughs> just as toxic as COVID. Uh, uh, this is where this this podcast gets picked up. We get cancelled and our pictures are on yeah. fucking shorter website. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the le- that's the level. Like that. That's really probably the yeah. the worst sort of we could get done. Exactly. Like, unless we did something really bad. No. I, 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 I think we're, really we're good boys. Bad, we're yeah. good boys. Genu- good genuinely, bitch. I don't think. I mean, I've I've definitely got some horrendous political opinions, you know, fucking up the Lib Dems. <laughs> but, ah, <laughs> oh, fucking the Lib Dems. Oh, my God, I want to kill myself. <laughs> but... <laughs> but, yeah, we're probably fine. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I despite despite allegations from the police, I didn't burn down my school that time. Yeah. Uh, or something happened in Ireland. Uh, a bunch of uh, two. Uh, this is something. Some no nobody podcast. Uh, these two women made fun of like the idea of Movember, and saying uh, like how it's stupid, and specifically the idea of posting online about, like, mental health and something as a man is, like, pathetic, and, like, I think they were trying to be funny. Like, I'm not... Like, I do think what they said was bad, but they're trying to be funny. They're trying to be funny. They're trying to make jokes and whatever, and um, 
I do think it was said largely in jest. And people just got so fucking mad and it blew up. And these people became public figures and fucking overnight. And just people just hating on them in such a primeval <laughs> way. Um, and yeah, I don't know how we got from here from like a... Uh, mad TV gay sketches <laughs> how this ends up as this conversation but um, maybe maybe it's uh, one of our uh, maybe since the cuties episode one of our more thought provoking ones maybe. I guess all that's left to do now is just like absolutely slate November yeah and just say anyone who does it is a piece of shit yeah <laughs> stop posting about your feelings and if you really care just get a doctor to put a finger up your ass there we go front page of chortle there we go <laughs> we're, we're... <laughs> they say all publicity is good publicity probably was we might we might double our listener count in curacao from exactly. one to two <laughs> curacao curacao they love the the, the the edgy movember takes in curacao yeah well, that's the thing with Curacao. No one can grow facial hair. So actually, Movember, really, really offensive it's to really them. touchy. They're, they really don't like bringing it up. Yeah, we might lose our one viewer in, or yeah. listener, in Curacao. Um, um, I'm trying to think what else there is to talk about. Nicole Kidman's in this film and does absolutely nothing. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like a genuine Hollywood A-lister is just in this yeah. film. And she just doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it's very weird. Re- well, reading, uh, reading like comments online, apparent about the. I was reading about the original thing. Apparently, like the idea of the Zaz. Oh no! Apparently, that's like a more important thing in the actual stage play. Do you remember that song? There's like a jazzy number. And it's Nicole Kidman's character talking about the Zaz. I don't know. It's more of a thing, apparently. But uh, yeah, it was wasn't really done. It's sort of, it's this weird out of place song in the actual film. Um, I'm I'm not one to care about like choreography, but in all of the songs and especially this the Zaz song, the camera moves so much, and it's like there's a lot of close ups. Dash, you know, in the stage play, I'd imagine some of the dancing numbers are quite impressive. Because, you know, you can see the whole stage and you can see everyone's movements. But this is edited so quickly. Cameras are moving so much that um, all of the dancing just kind of looks seizure-esque to me. Like it doesn't flow nicely. Um, and yeah, and apparently, and that to me was particularly evident in the Zaz song. And the Zaz is apparently a bigger thing in the actual stage play. Yeah, but it is just... I don't know. It's weird that Nicole Kidman's here. I think. Yeah, maybe she's just. Maybe there yeah. was more, but they cut it out. Like it was a more faithful. Because my understanding is that it is a pretty faithful rendition of the play, but with just songs cut out and moments yeah. cut out. Uh, but what's in it is a faithful rendition. So maybe her character is more, and they just cut it out. Um, your man Trent. He, oh, he's, your he's man Trent really doesn't say. have too much until the the, the song in oh, the wall yeah. where he owns Christians with facts and logic. Um, yeah, because he's just there and he's like, hey, that's and where the other three seem like big stars and he's just like serving them drinks. Yeah. And then like, so he's tanging along and then he's just there. Yeah. And then like, that's weird. And the 
the whole like the he has like he's a character that's one joke and the joke is that he talks about going to Juilliard a lot. Um, You'll know what is is Juilliard just like a it, acting? It's school an expensive acting like school or like a prestigious, Rada, prestigious yeah. acting school. Um, yeah, and, and then also one thing. Sorry, just going back. It's one thing I have at the end. He goes like when the kids come in to apologize to Emma um, about how they acted after that song. He says something like, uh, oh, they can't, like, they can't help it that they, like, aren't em- empathetic. They don't have a drama uh, department. And then it's like... Oh, yeah. And, like, it's kind of a joke, but then also kind of played straight, where they're like, do you want to be the drama teacher? Me? Yeah, sure. And the kids cheer, and it's like... You know, it's, again, it's it's this idea of, like... that That, again, feeds into this, like... This critique of, um, there's this critique, you know, this film is partially a critique about uh, theatre, like self-importance and Hollywood self-importance. But that's another way that kind of plays into it uh, entirely. Uh, And yeah, it just feels a bit weird. And like, genuinely, I did, so I did, uh, I did drama at GCSE and did like, dabbled in it at like AS. I like... But my teachers were like, for one, my my teacher was a straight man, which is mind blowing. Nothing wrong with Although that. There wasn't. There was another one who was a gay man. But, um, yeah, they they took a, like a really. It's generally the hardest like GCSE I did, and they took like a really academic approach to it, and it was good. And you like learn from it it's a really good subject to do that is probably undervalued Mm -hmm. but the way it just comes across here being like hey you're it teaches empathy and stuff it's like no it fucking doesn't it like you know it it might make you a bit of a a better public speaker and understanding like a a few things and i think it is like a it's a subject i probably had to put in like the same amount of work I did into that. Yeah. It, you had to like, like learn what emotions were and how to emote yeah. your face and fucking hell. But like it's it's a genuinely like good subject to study, but it just comes across here like it would be an absolute fucking <laughs> maths is more important than drama. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. make that controversial <laughs> call. You should do maths. Maths. Kids should do more maths. If if anything, if this pandemic's taught me anything, it's that fucking discourse around science, man, and yeah. maths. And people understand anything. Yeah. Fucking nightmare. I think we should. So I might become a physics teacher and change the world. I'll turn up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn up and sing a song and be like, "Oh, maybe these kids would have more empathy if uh, they taught physics." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's how you learn how to treat a human being properly. Learning about Young's double slit experiment. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, just just uh, talk about like quantum physics like new age quackery and how we're all connected and how just teach them that oh yeah and i just be like so why why should any of us care about physics well you know about einstein yeah do you know how much pussy he got yeah <laughs> he got exactly it. look at your textbook <laughs> <laughs> it's the you, entire you... reason he went into science oh exactly like it's the reason everyone goes into science Exactly. exactly it's 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 for the pussy yeah it's 100 percent for the pussy uh um so yeah i think that was that's the prom yeah uh i thought that was a 
interesting conversation we had. Branched it was an interesting little, conversation. But I enjoyed it. it. Was more, I enjoyed the conversation more than the yes. film. I'm glad I watched the film so I got to speak to you yeah. about some interesting things, Rob. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. And yeah, I, I'm still... I, I don't think I hated it as much as you did. But um, like... like but like I thought it was much better then. Maybe my I think my brain is just yeah melted from a MPCA romance hallmark. Maybe, films. maybe. But the bar has been set low. Yeah, and you know I, I, I watched fe- Twelve Angry Men the other day, and I was just like, "Where's the, where's the single working mum? <laughs> where's the? I don't understand. Who am I supposed to? And is that is the main guy? Is that one? Is he supposed to be royalty?" Which one's which one of these guys is supposed to be the main? Or is is there going to be a woman and she's going to date all twelve of the angry men? Uh, maybe, maybe. There's one one film I watched recently was uh, I think I watched it Christmas Eve was the new Charlie's Angels. Oh, which is just like again has the same problem as this where it's like because it's it is super like pro feministy in like a so over the top way. It's just like this might have been okay in the 1980s but now it's just like okay it kind of loses its point when it's like hollywood women yeah being like no women can do it too and it's like cool cool i know i know um that film's that film's really dumb but i'm gonna say it i i really like Kristen stewart she's good I've never seen any of the Twilights, yeah. but she seems hated, uh, and she's good in everything I've watched. Yeah, my understanding is that Kristen Stewart is a, like, she's a good actress. I haven't, again, I've seen, I think I've seen something she's in, I don't remember off the top of my head, but my understanding is that, uh, like, it's like Robert Pattinson, like, Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor, but she was, I don't think, particularly good in Twilight, because just the, like, that entire f- film franchise was just a fucking train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he has some interview where he's talking about uh, is it Stephanie Mayer is the writer is that yeah Stephanie Mayer yeah yeah, yeah yeah Mayer and uh, talking about how like at sixteen or something maybe seventeen eighteen just in a meeting with her like going over the book and just having this realization that this woman was just writing out her sexual fantasy and now he's playing it. Well, it started <laughs> as like. Um... I've, no, I'm uh, ashamed to say I've watched like YouTube videos about this. It started as like um, a, a a fan fiction. Isn't no, that's Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey yeah. was a Twilight fan fiction? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and again, I've watched too much YouTube videos about it. It was called Masters of the Universe. Was the <laughs> yeah. what Fifty Shades of Grey came from? Yeah, fucking mental. Um, just man. Crazy stuff. I think we we do need to uh, change genres a bit next week. And a film that I think looks fun, I think it's just come out, I need to find the release date of it, uh, is We Can Be Heroes. Is it a David th- Bowie film? No. Oh. It, it is. Oh, boy, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what the INDB score is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I think it's a, a kid superhero film. But I think, like... So there's loads of kids in it, but then I think um the two sort of main adult actors in it are uh, Pedro Pascal and I can't remember the guy's name, but they're the two people from um ah uh, fucking Narcos. Oh, okay. so it's just like 
these two actors from Narco. I don't know if you ever watched. I watched the first series, uh, which is good. But that looks that looks like it could be fun. Yeah, I'm seeing it. It looks it's a standalone sequel to the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D from 2005. I'm willing to. Jesus, that one that came out. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, that which I think Shark Boy and Lava Girl was a was a standalone sequel to um, fucking. Kids, kids, spy, spy kids, spy kids, spy and kids. I We've fucking loved those films as a kid. What well, they're um, they're the it's the same guy who directed. Sin- well, we've had this conversation, I swear, before. Oh, okay. It's the same guy who directed Sin City. Oh yeah, and, like I, th- I think we definitely yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. And Machete is a uh, like, I think is it's in the same universe or something. There's something that connects them. Yeah, probably, uh, probably. Mental. But anyway, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally down to uh. What? Oh my, no, my... no wonder. Spy Kids came out 2001, 2002, 2003. That's when the Spy Kids films came out. They were just fucking churning them. Absolutely mental. And, right. and in 2011, Spy Kids All the Time in the World came out uh, from the Weinstein Company. So... <laughs> <laughs> Weinstein, and uh... also, fucking Weinstein... Uh, uh, what's her face? Meryl Streep, massive fan of Harvey Weinstein. She's in this. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was also like, there's a video of her clapping for uh, what's his face, um, Robert or uh, Roman Polanski, uh, and like they're giving him like a standing ovation while everyone else is kind of just sheepishly clapping. Are we going to cancel Meryl Streep? Uh, no, I mean this is public knowledge. People, uh, people far more powerful than us could have done it if they. True. Yeah. True. Um, While well, I wait for Meryl Streep to come out in a t-shirt that says Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Right, I think I think that will do for the prom and have a good Christmas and a happy New Year from the Netflix landfill crew. Boy. <laughs>